you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the next in our series of OTI season recaps on today's show. It's going to be covering the Oakland Raiders and I know there's a lot of Raiders fans out there in the UK, Ireland and throughout Europe and of course to our listeners in the USA as well. We're going to be joined by Rory Anderson. He is a, a big, big Raiders fan. He covers the, the Raiders for JustBlogBaby.com as well. So we're going to be talking to him very, very shortly. As always, starting the show, LastWordOnSport.com. They are our partners here at Overtime Ireland and be sure and check them out. I always like to give them a plug at the start of the show. Please do check them out. Their Twitter handle also is at LastWordOnSport. If you want to check out more about OvertimeIreland.com, what we've got going on, best way to do that's our Twitter handle at OvertimeIreland and our website as well, OvertimeIreland.com. Doing this nice and sharp sweet today. It's going to be just in, get the Oakland Raiders covered, and then we'll be back. Obviously, Combine's on this week. There's a lot of stuff coming out of that, but I'm going to come out with another podcast Monday or Tuesday on our next recap show, and then that there's going to be doing the San Diego Chargers, and we're going to wrap up a lot of the news, things like the San Diego Chargers possibly moving and I know we're talking Oakland Raiders today recorded this interview with Rory prior to that news coming out we did touch on it a little bit but kind of just glossed over it. but the San Diego Chargers the next topic up we're going to go through that and I'll talk about the stuff that happened at the Combine and the other news that's going on since that so really and truly today is just going to be recapping the season off the Oakland Raiders and had a fantastic talk with Rory Anderson about all things Oakland Raiders their free agency needs draft needs and so on and so forth so I think without any further ado I'm just going to get Rory onto the onto the show Hi this is Harry Carson former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer you're listening to Overtime Ireland now as we move on to the next part of our series of recaps from all the teams around the National Football League, the next team up is the Oakland Raiders and we're going to be joined by a man who used to write on the Overtime Ireland website, now writing for JustBlogBaby.com and uh, still a good friend of all the boys here at Overtime Ireland, it is Rory Anderson out in the States. How's it going Rory? Oh it's going fantastic, it's uh, what is it, about 70, I don't know, 72 degrees Fahrenheit clear skies out in california so it's uh i can't imagine what it's like out there <laughs> yeah, yeah you're yeah it's not not quite as nice out here and the skies aren't as clear but uh i was out in california yeah. in san diego during the during the summer there just in the around september and uh it was absolutely phenomenal weather compared to what we get here so a bit envious there but uh good to hear that it's all going good obviously uh oakland raiders fan covering the oakland raiders and just blog baby but uh Lots of lots of positives coming out around the Oakland Raiders in the last season. Looks like they might have found a quarterback, so on and so forth. But we're just going to start off with last season. We've been ranking, getting people to rank where they thought their teams were last season, between a rate and a 1 and 10. And uh, just on last season, where would you rank it between a, a 1 and a 10? Um, that's tough. I was actually expecting them to do much better than they did. Okay. So I would say, like, if 10 being the best that I was anticipating... I'd kind of give them uh, probably a five, and I think that's being generous because I do think the emergence of players like Derek Carr and Khalil Mack really have changed a lot of how we look at the Raiders going forward. But if we're just talking about what my expectations were beforehand, as compared, or at least what I was hoping for, and what the outcome was, uh, it was pretty um, it was pretty poor, relatively speaking. I was hoping for anywhere between six and eight wins last season. So to come out with only three was really frustrating, especially when you consider how they lost a couple of those games. Week one against the Jets, that offense is doing nothing, and they're in it the whole game until they give up that long run. Uh, They had a win stolen from them in New England on a really fluky holding call. 
I mean, so there was a couple games where they could have arguably won. Like I said, there, there's some ups and downs, but at the end of the day, the record's irrelevant. And for me, what really matters is it looks like we have a franchise quarterback in Derek Carr. It looks like you have a foundational defensive piece in Khalil Mack and a bunch of other really nice pieces that have come out of the last two drafts that, frankly, I'm very excited about and most people in Raider Nation are pretty excited about. Yeah, it was interesting to hear you saying that you know you thought it went not as good as you'd expect because going into last season, I, I thought the Raiders were on the right path. But then when you look at, uh, you know, they took in Matt Schaub from the Texans, gave him a, quite a big contract, then drafted Derek Carr, and Derek Carr has obviously beaten him out and we'll see what happens to Matt Schaub. I'm sure you're hoping that he's not on the roster this coming season, are you? Uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's only a $5 million cap hit for yeah. the next season. And if they cut him, they get all that money back. It's really not that big of a deal. Uh, they gave him eight and a half for the one season, essentially. And that's not even, you know, whatever. That's not even that big of a deal when it all comes down to what the Raiders have to spend anyway. So Yeah, when you look at the Raiders, but, yeah. com- compared to most teams, and most teams, you know, will be up against the cap. The Raiders have so much cap room, and we're going to be talking about that in a minute. But last year, you obviously mentioned Derek Khalil Mack. You mentioned Derek Carr. I wanted you to pick an MVP for last season for, for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, it's Derek Carr, and I know I know three wins don't reflect it, but when you have a guy who has a rookie season with 21 touchdowns, uh, 12 interceptions, and then that's all he had, I mean, 3,200 passing yards, that is exceptional. I mean, that's Cam Newton, Andrew Luck kind of rookie season. Um, Cam Newton, I've looked it up, was 21, 21 uh, passing touchdowns. If you what, what Cam Newton did is he had 14 rushing touchdowns. That's what made his rookie year exceptional. You look at Andrew Luck, he had 22 passing touchdowns, but he also had like 20 interceptions. So you got a guy, Derek Carr, who your rookie goes out those 3,200 yards, um, you know, 21 touchdowns, 11, uh, 12 picks. And it's also a guy that really led the team in a few home wins that were absolutely spectacular and some fantastic throws. The one that always stands out to me is the winning throw he made to James Jones later in the season at home to win a football game. It was on like the last drive. And he hits him out of the slot. It was just a beautiful throw right near the uh, back of the end zone. That was against the 49ers, I mean, he, was it? I, I, think, I think it was the Niners game, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was just uh, it was a magical throw. And, I mean, that's something, as a Raiders fan, we to see a rookie do that. I mean, we're talking about the very first rookie in Raiders history to start 16 games. Yeah, so that's, yeah, a, that's and, a big positive. A 60, I mean, it's a team that's been around for 60 years. Yeah. So <laughs> to be the first one is pretty. It's um, the it's thing, something different. You know? The thing that impressed me with him was, um, you know, he's a rookie, but you, you, at times you forgot he was a rookie because he was he was leading the team. He was a leader, and you know, rookies come and play well, but they don't often be leading the team. And because there wasn't a lot of leaders, let's say, on the offensive side of the ball, he had to take control and he had to lead them. And you mentioned leading them down the the field. I remember watching that Forty ers game, and that was a, a big, big win for him and the organization. It was a home win as well, and. It was uh, one of the later games on TV, so it was on a you know a, a kind of more prime time slot. But I thought uh, he was very very good. The rookie class, I was going to leave it to later on, but we may touch on it now when we're talking about Derek Carr. Obviously, Khalil Mack as well had a phenomenal season overall. How did you feel the the rookie class? I suppose you have to be exceptionally happy with it. I think it's quite possibly the best rookie class in the NFL. I think it's one of the best the Raiders have ever put together, and it's not just. Derek Carr was exceptional. Cleo Mack was exceptional. He was double-teamed the entire season. And later in the season, when other players started to really pick it up, you could see he started to rack up the sacks. A lot of people are forgetting about, um, forgetting about Jackson, the left guard, who started off very well, had some struggles later in the season, got hurt, missed two games, but it was quality at the left guard position You know, as long as he played. Uh, two fourth-round picks that I thought had good showings at times. We call him Jelly. His name's... Uh, Last name's Ellis, uh, nose tackle. Right. Uh, Jelly Ellis, uh, fourth-round pick out of, um, oh, man, I think it was Ole Miss. Uh, that could be wrong. But 
Uh, he was just exceptional at the nose tackle position all season. He played really well. Uh, Keith McGill, he came in against the Denver Broncos. The only time he started, and I thought he played a pretty solid game. I was really excited about him. Uh, the, miss, the, the pick out of nowhere that just was exceptional all season was T.J. Carey, seventh-round cornerback. Nobody talks about that guy, but he practically started for 16 <laughs> games. I mean, he was nickel quarterback. He was returning. He did everything. And at times, he was out there as a starter. So um, to, when you look at it, you're looking at you know somewhere in the vicinity of what's a five, six players, and you got those six players. And let's not forget that you've also they've also added um, uh, Dowling, a safety that they're looking forward to in the future, who I think has huge upside out of Western Kentucky. He was a seventh round pick as well. Um, and maybe even a guy like a Shelby Harris, if he could kind of get his head on straight. I mean, if you're looking somewhere in the vicinity of seven picks that are going to be quality players for you out of one draft, yeah, that's, that's exceptional, great. and that's really what they're looking at. Yeah, that's phenomenal when you look at it that their way, and you know that a couple of good players come out the year before in the draft, as you mentioned as well. But you know, you're going in now to a time where this team, you know, they had to take a few bad years, really bad years, because of the cap situation they had themselves in the past, the way the team had had been run and now they have a, a lot of cap room and you know a lot of positivity we're going to talk about free agency and this upcoming draft in a minute but get on now to the, to the current coach and the, the new coach of course is Jack Del Rio former Broncos offensive coordinator were you happy with the hiring uh, of Jack Del Rio yeah I was very happy with it um we I call him Captain Jack when I wrote my first column with him and then I called him Captain Jack I thought that was kind of fun uh but Del Rio the thing about him he's a Raider his family are Oakland Raider season ticket holders he remembers going to games, you know, in the 70s in Oakland. He went to USC when the Raiders were in Los Angeles. So he's always been close to the franchise. And this is a guy who played in the NFL for a long time. He is respected by the players. Players like him a lot. He knows how to treat players. He knows the NFL. He may not be a great X's and O's guy, but I don't really care about X's and O's out of a head coach. A head coach for me is a guy who manages personalities. Yeah. And this is a guy who knows how to manage personality. So what I'm looking forward out of Jack Del Rio is getting everything together. Get all these pieces you have. You have all these young pieces. Get them together. Get them moving in one direction. If you can get that down, if you can get a vision for this team and you could push it in that direction, that's all I care about. And I think that's what's exciting about him. Uh, And if you just look at what's happened to Jacksonville since he's left, I mean, it's been the only thing worse than the Raiders. So. It's obviously like it was a, a you know you know what's going on. Um, sorry, I said the oh, offensive coordinator for Denver as well as the def- or defensive coordinator. Other uh, other player, he's taken in a couple other coaches as well. Of course, he's taken back former player Rod Woods, and he's going to work with the defensive backs. Uh, any other parts of the coaching staff that you've been particularly impressed by? Uh, Mike Tice, I'm a big fan of. Uh, you know, Tony Sprano, I thought was a great grab when they got him. And now that he's gone, but if you replace him with Mike Tice, I mean, that's perfectly fine for me. I think we're going to see a lot more zone blocking out of this team. Uh, it'll be kind of a hybrid, but I think you'll see about 60% zone, especially if they go to some of these spread concepts they talk about. I do like the Bill Musgrave hire, um, especially that he's talked about some of the spread concepts he wants to introduce. I think they fit Derek Carr very well. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ken Norton Jr. as well. I've heard a lot of good things when it pertains to him as kind of a motivational guy, someone who really could get people to rally around him. Um, I do think when it comes to the X's and O's on the defense, because you don't really have, say, a very creative X's and O's guy, I think we're going to see a lot more of a traditional Raiders defense, which is what Al always had, which was you had four guys to get to the quarterback, you were in a lot of cover one, 
And I think what we'll see is we'll see – and that's basically what the Seattle Seahawks do. Everyone allows you – know, they talk about the Seattle Seahawks defense coordinators like they're geniuses. They're not. All they're doing is Al Davis's defense that he ran for 50 years and added in some cover three. It's extremely basic. If anything, it's bland. And so the most they do is they flip their, their safeties around. It's really not complicated at all. So I think that's what we're going to see from the Raiders. And if you look at what Jack Del Rio did when he was in Jacksonville, he ran a 4-3 with two really huge nose tackles, really similar to what the Ravens did when they won the Super Bowl in 2000. And I think you'll see that, and then you'll see a bunch of sub packages to get to the pass rusher or to get to the quarterback with the pass rush. So a lot of nickel-related pass rushes, you know, this you know, different ways to create different matchups and schemes. I don't think you'll see a heavy blitzing team. It'll be, it'll be a whole lot of four or five pass man pass rush. You know, probably a lot of cover one, a lot of cover three. You know, nothing overly complicated in my mind. You mentioned there that uh, the Seattle Seahawks just play cover three and it's bland. It is bland, but man, they do it well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's a great defense if you have all the pieces. Yeah. I mean, the Raiders won Super Bowls doing it, and they did the exact same thing every play. It was four down linemen, press man coverage, cover one defense. And if you came to the middle, you always had a safety that was going to take your head off. <laughs> so that's basically all they did. And they did it for 50 years, and they won three Super Bowls. So. They have a they have a huge amount of cap room too now. It's, it should be a time for Raiders fans to start getting excited because you mentioned you know a lot of people have been saying spend money on a, a quarterback. Well, it looks like they have the quarterback now in Derek Carr, but they have a lot of cap room as well. And is there anyone in free agency, before we talk about the draft, is there anyone in free agency that would be particularly of interest to you, you think, for this uh, Oakland Raiders franchise? Well, every every Raider fan is looking at Indomitian Sioux. And yeah, I don't blame him. I think he fits I in like, there. I like Indomitian Sioux when it comes to the talent. I think he does a lot of stupid stuff. I think he has times where I just want to smack him upside his head. Uh, some of the stomping things and just... He just sometimes he'll make dumb plays, over-pursue. I mean, he does things that do irritate me at times. But I completely understand why Raider fans want him. Now, my biggest thing about him is you're going to be using him on the interior part of the D-line. From a financial standpoint, I don't think you're ever going to receive the return on Indomitian that you're going to have to pay him to get him out there. However, if you're the Raiders, does it really matter? I mean, you have to pay out. You have to spend the money. You have to basically max out your cap. So does it really matter if if he comes up with enough necessary value? I don't know. It depends who you talk to. I... I'm a little hesitant when it comes to Sue. Um, I personally am perfectly fine with a guy like Terrence Knighton. Uh, and besides, I love the nickname combination you'd get. You'd have jelly next to pot roast. I don't think that's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so, but either one of those two I think would be fine. I would love to see the addition of Jason Pierre-Paul, but that's going to come down to... I doubt you could get Jason Pierre-Paul plus a Dominican Sue. Um, I'm not sure if they go down the route of like a Jerry Hughes, but I do think there are other pass rushers they'd look at. Brandon Graham, Derek Morgan, Jabal Sheard. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of them. So I do anticipate one interior defensive lineman, a pass rusher for sure. I'm not sure if they're going to go down the route of a cornerback because they do like their trio of corners, and they use their cornerbacks as gunners in special teams. They have one of the best gunning duos in the NFL. Um, Maybe they go down the route of a safety like a Raheem Moore, but they kind of have a lot of safeties going along as well. I would definitely say there's going to be a wide receiver on the list. Who? I'm not sure. Um, I think Cobb is a natural person you'd think of. But Torrey Smith, I think, would be a good one as well. Uh, It depends who also gets cut. So if a guy like Dwayne Bowe gets cut from Kansas City, maybe him. Maybe get Crabtree from San Francisco. I mean, it's really going to come down to the kind of that secondary market that forms. I think tight end is absolutely top of the list. Um, I think Gresham seems to make a lot of sense. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Julius Thomas um, is targeted by the Raiders as well. He fits in a spread system well, where you don't necessarily need a tight end who blocks a lot, but he can run routes in line. And on top of that, he's Raiders. He is a Raiders fan. His family goes to Golden State Warriors games. So they're local people as well. So there may be an interest in bringing him in. Uh, I do think that... I'm not sure if Stefan Wisniewski comes back. Um, I have a feeling they'll let him walk, but I would like to see him replaced by, say, Rodney Hudson. Uh, and to me, if you do that, I think you basically solidify your offensive line because I think you can move Austin Howard back to right tackle and you have Menelik Watson, you can leave it right guard, I think. And that might be the right move to really make that offensive line flourish. So uh, I, to me, that's pretty much it. So you're looking at um, probably an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, tight end, a defensive tackle, a defensive end, and probably an inside linebacker. So maybe Nate Irving, another uh, Denver Bronco, uh, somebody who can play uh, the middle linebacker spot with a little bit of force since they don't really have kind of a big guy in the middle. Yeah, you mentioned him, and you mentioned Terrence Knighton as well. It'll be interesting to see you know, the connection there with Del Rio as well. If they were, That could be a good bit of the bargaining chip there to try and get them down. You mentioned Randall Cobb as well. If bad news for you, he's not going to get out of the Green Bay Packers, and he's going to, I guarantee you he's going to be signed a new contract. But you know, uh, there's a lot of players there that you mentioned. If you even got two or three of those players, even two of them, I think that would be huge, huge upgrades for the team. And, and Dominic and Sue, you mentioned you know you'll never get that money back, but as you mentioned, you have to spend that that cap money this year. And he he's a player that if you have him at that position, you kind of you don't have to worry about that there center off the the run defense and so on. So the pass rushers might benefit a little bit more. Moving on to the draft now, obviously it's going to be the same area as a, a need really. But um, is there any players in this draft class that you think obviously he's really as we mentioned killed it in the draft class last year when you've got you know you got Mack in the first round, then you got Derek Carr in the second round really really two great first round picks if you could i don't think it's gonna be as good a draft class for you this year but you know any any areas there i actually like a lot of areas of this draft class i think the pass rushers in particular there's a lot of depth there when you start looking at some of the outside pass rushers especially when you start looking at some of the linebackers um i like the middle linebacker class at the top end my issue with this draft class is i actually don't really have a whole lot of people i like up top now, you'll see a lot of people are going to connect the Raiders to, like, Amari Cooper at four. That's fine. Um, I'm not the biggest Amari Cooper fan, and philosophically, I'm not a huge fan of taking a receiver at four. Uh, Amari Cooper, for me, a great playmaker. He does a lot of things. He does some things very, very well. But if you ever notice, most of his routes are either bubble screens, slants, or something based off of vertical. So just a straight go route or a double move. You don't see a whole lot of the deep outs, deep ins, you know, um, uh, like the skinny post. Well, I see some skinny posts with them, but, I mean, you just don't see a lot of the things that you look like whip routes. You don't see a lot of whip routes. You don't see a lot of that kind of stuff with him. So, you know, uh, I don't know. Just taking him at four, I'm not sure if I like the idea. I think everyone in Raider Nation would love to have Leonard Williams, a USC guy that says he wants to play for the Raiders. And I think schematically getting him would be fantastic because in your base 43, you could move him to your left end spot. And then in nickel, you move him inside. And say you do go get an Indomitian Sioux type. Well, if that's your interior pass rush at a nickel, is Leonard Williams and Indomitian Sioux, that is going to be fairly significant. Yeah. So it really comes down to, you know, what are you looking for? So I would I personally, I, if it's not Leonard Williams, who I do have question marks about too, because sometimes he seems to disappear. But if it's not Leonard Williams at four, I would like to trade down. And I think that he just gives you a lot more options. But I'd like to see a guy like uh, Bernard McKinney 
maybe at the top round too if he's sitting there, or a Kendricks if he's sitting there. I'm not a big fan of Perriman. Uh, I would love to have one of those guys in to play some middle linebacker for the team. I think the Raiders have to add two middle linebackers in this offseason. And really, I would just focus on the front seven. That would be the goal for me. Focus on the front seven defensively and then add in a wide receiver somewhere. just depends where you want to take them. Uh, And I think there's a lot of depth at the wide receiver position, so I personally wouldn't be in a rush. Uh, But I could definitely see how a lot of Raider fans, you know, they love the idea of Amari Cooper at four or, you know, Kevin White, you know. But if you trade down, maybe get Devontae Parker, like at 12 or 15, if you could figure out a way to trade down. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I wouldn't be in a rush. But definitely, I would say, like I said, focus on the front seven and throw in a wide receiver somewhere. That should kind of be the focus for, say, the first four picks. You mentioned there as well about trading back. There's a lot of teams that you're going to look, I think are going to look to trade back. But the thing is, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to look to trade up. Exactly. So that, you know, you have to have teams that want to trade up to trade back. And uh, you know, there's word that the Eagles might want to get up to try and get Mariota, but I don't think they're going to get up high enough to get him. But, you know, there, there will be teams looking to, to trade up, but trading back in this year's draft, I don't think there's enough star talent, as you mentioned, the people at the top of the draft. And you mentioned probably a lot of people want a wide receiver at the top of this class. Well, that would all change, of course, if they do take in a wide receiver in free agency. So you have that there as well. But there, there's a lot, a lot of talent on this team that I think is definitely going to help improve it this year's draft class as well has been talked a lot about for the running backs the you know there's a lot of people talking that there's a good class of running backs in this Darren McFadden's obviously going into free agency this year is he a player that you expect to see back next year or sorry this coming no. season no no I think Darren McFadden's gonna walk I wouldn't be surprised if they cut Murray Jones Drew yeah, they may keep yeah. him because uh see what I what I would like to do and I've proposed this a lot and a lot of people I get mixed reactions but even if the Raiders are going to run a spread, having Marcel Reese as your fullback is stupid. He's a terrible blocker. I know he does a lot of things really well offensively, but he should just be labeled offensive weapon. Don't make him a fullback. Okay, He's a 235-pound halfback is what he is who can run routes really well. And so what I think you should do is move Marcel back to just a an offensive weapon title but make him a halfback. He's kind of a rotational halfback with Latavius Murray. Go get a real fullback at free agency. Jerome Felton is a guy Musgrave knew from the Vikings. Get John Kuhn from the Packers, whatever. Go get a real fullback. Pay them a guy a couple million bucks. Have him come in. And then from there, you know, you could keep Maurice Jones-Drew as the role player fourth running back type. And then I think you're definitely going to be drafting another running back. But I don't think we're going to be seeing the Raiders dip into free agency for one. I just don't think it's a, a wise area to spend money. I mean, who are you going to get? Like a Mark Ingram type? I mean, or, or you're going to talk about a guy with 500 carries under his belt with uh, Murray? I mean, that could, that scares the that scares the <laughs> crap out of me to pay. You know, DeMarco Murray, all of a sudden I'm going to pay him 4 or $5 million to come in after taking 500 touches this season? I don't think so. So for me, I wouldn't even bother touching a free agent running back. I'd bring in a fullback, move Reese around, and then just go draft another one. I mean, running backs generally are... Diamond doesn't. Yeah. Latavius Murray was a six-round pick. Yeah, I was so. going to say, Latavius Murray obviously had a few big runs last year and had a, an issue with the concussion and that. But in the games he played, I think it was the Chiefs game. Was it against the Chiefs game they won that he had a big kind of two big, big runs and then he got, I think that was the game he got the concussion in. How how do you see him going forward? Do you think he is has the potential to be the number one running back in Oakland? No, I don't think he's, I don't think he's ever going to be a, like a full, like full-time running back, the only guy. And I don't think the Raiders want a one running back system. I think they want a committee. Uh, if you look at what Green Bay's done, they want a you know they want a title with you know what at running back nothing. Yeah, they just kept rotating players through. <laughs> so I I, you know, I think that's much more Reggie McKenzie's mentality. 
And I think the best part about it is if you have three or four running backs who can do different things, you're just going to keep the wear and tear off your players. Uh, Latavius, he definitely, you saw the change in the running game of Latavius. They went to a much more direct running style with him. No pulling guards. It was somewhere between isolation man or isolation power blocking and kind of an inside zone thing. And he's a little bit more patient. He was able to find some, find some creases and some cutbacks when he had to. And he was much more explosive as well. So I, I like him. I think he's a good talent, but I'm, he's not the kind of guy I want to go put 25 touches on in a game. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we'll see any sort of, like, premier, you know, workhorse running back for the Raiders. I think it's definitely going to be some sort of continued rotation, uh, and we're just going to see more and more names kind of trickle through with them, I think. Yeah, so overall, I think, you know, the, the, the aspect we're getting is obviously I thought the team was going to have a big year last year, or not a big year, but a, a kind of maybe a head up closer to it and that season didn't happen. But n- next year, obviously, you're hoping for a good free agency, good draft class. Where do you expect the team to be next season? A playoff, a playoff spot possible? It's possible, but it's going to have, there's going to be have to be a lot that comes into focus really quickly. Um, would I put money on it? No. But if the Raiders could hit that seven to nine wins, they need to hit that that first mark. If you can get, you know, a solid season, you just take a nice big step, you get the seven to nine wins somewhere in there. I'd prefer eight or nine. If you kind of hit that mark, maybe you're in the hunt for a wild card spot, something like that, then I think that is going to be a fantastic outcome. And then it's the season after that where you're really looking to make that push. Yeah, it was going to Derek Carr is going to be in his third year. And that's when you're really looking to make that first good playoff push. Uh, could it happen in the AFC? You never know because there is so there are so many wacky things that are going to happen in the AFC. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sold on the Broncos. The Broncos are going to be in an interesting spot. I mean, they're going to bring they're going to what franchise tag Demarius Thomas. You're probably losing Julius Thomas. Let's not forget their starting right guard's a free agent. They have a safety that's a free agent. They have a middle linebacker that's a free agent. Terrence Knighton. So there's yeah, Terrence Knighton's a free agent. And they've only got, you know, $20 million in cap space. So this is a team that's going to be in an interesting spot. Like, how much of that talent can you replace quickly? Uh, not to mention they're going to be missing Wes Welker. I'm not sure if they actually did miss him this year. But, uh, you know, so you, and you look at Kansas City. They're right up against the cap. That team's going to be purging talent as, when I look at them. They want to retain Justin Houston. Just the franchise tag is going to cost them, what, $13, 14000000 million? And that means they're going to have to cut, you know, you're looking at cutting guys like Holly, Bo, uh, who are some other names. You know, are they going to be able to re-sign Hudson, the starting center, who's a guy I would love the Raiders to pick up? You know, there's, so there's a lot of a lot of transitions with Kansas City as well. And with uh, San Diego, that team perennially underachieves. They're kind of a I, – I can't put my finger on San Diego – but to me, they still have a lot of holes. I mean, that offensive line's kind of wishy-washy. That pass rush is Hardwick retired as well. Yeah, they need some defensive back help. So I'm not necessarily sold that Kansas City is going to be some perennial powerhouse either. So you never know. I mean, could the pieces fall into place where oddly somehow nine and seven or ten and six wins that division and the Raiders sneak in? Maybe I wouldn't put my money on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was when it's you were talking when you were talking there about the you know talking about the third year for. Uh, Derek Carr and that's the time well the thing I was just going to ask you there is Peyton Manning you know I think he'll be back this season I think he's going to play this year but maybe the following year maybe he goes away and he doesn't he retires he doesn't play for the Denver Broncos obviously Philip Rivers getting older you talked about the Kansas City Chiefs if they were to cut Bo like you know their wide receiver situation is bad but Bo is still their probably best wide receiver so there's a you know 
two or three years' time, there could be the whole division could be flipping its head, and possibly the Oakland Raiders could be atop that division. You know, with the be- the best roster in that division, is that something that you're starting to look ahead to, or are you just letting it go as I, it may? No, absolutely. I think that's what everyone's looking at. Like, I I think most Raider fans are really patient at this point because they see they see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. The, the last couple of years have been brutal. But when you see guys, like, all of a sudden you start seeing some culture change with the Raiders. It's like, oh, my goodness, we brought in a legitimately, a legit veteran head coach in Jack Del Rio. Like, somebody people actually respect. You know, some people aren't as high on him as others. But regardless, this is a guy who's respected around the around the league. And the fact is, the Raiders brought him in. And the Raiders went after Harbaugh before that. He just, Harbaugh was dead set on going to Michigan. Yeah. But the fact that they were willing to step up and make that ploy, make that move is a big sign. Uh the fact that the Raiders are like if the Raiders go into this offseason and they spend money and they attract a couple big time free agents, if they do get Sue and they do get a Julius Thomas, who, you know, you could feel however you could feel about these guys, but the fact is if you start pulling in a couple of names in free agency, everything around this culture, around this team is gonna to start to change. And it might still be that team that plays in a dump. They might play in a the only stadium that happens to have a baseball team in it too. But you know what? They do have the greatest fans. And if you could start getting players interested in making this a destination regardless of how crappy the stadium situation is, that's the first sign that the Raiders are going to start making something happen. And all you need, and and this is why people want Sue, because to them, they look at Sue as someone who's going to change the culture. He's such a big name. He's such a big personality. They view him like a Reggie White. Even if you're not going to get the same numbers, it's an impact for the franchise. People start to to look at the the franchise different because they can attract a player of that quality. Exactly, that's the exact same thing that happened with Green Bay when they did it. And I understand the reason why Raider fans love the idea, and I get, I totally get it. So, uh, but that's really what you're looking at. And so you're looking at if you have a huge offseason this year, bring in a couple of good names. It's definitely not necessarily this coming year that we're focused on. It's the year after that all of a sudden things are going to start to change because you're going to have a whole new guard coming in. You know, there could be a whole lot in flux in the AFC West when that time comes around, and you know, it could be a great opportunity for the Raiders. And, you know, a decent season this year, and all of a sudden, what's going to happen with your Coliseum news? I mean, are you going to have something locked up in Oakland? And the t- is the team moving to Los Angeles? You know, that's going to be the other part of this. But either way, as long as you drummed up interest in this franchise, I think you are going to be able to attract whatever talent you need to moving forward. Yeah, you mentioned there, obviously, about the possibility of where the team could be, new stadium or whatever. But that's a that's a topic for another whole podcast. Absolutely. But. Uh... You're There's way too much in it, into it. Yeah. Don't even want to go there. I mentioned uh, you're working or you're writing with JustBlogBaby.com. Do you want to give it a plug just before we finish up? Yeah, it's the fan-sided network. Uh, you can find us at JustBlogBaby.com. It's probably the best Raiders blog name I've ever heard. It's pretty awesome. Uh, we got all sorts of draft coverage. We got a ton of writers. And we've really grown a lot. Uh, our editor, Chase, has done a great job adding in some talent. So we got a lot of... Uh, a lot of guys that are writing for us, doing a lot of scouting profiles, stuff like that. Uh, me, personally, I'm working on a um, – it's going to be an evolving big board, so it'll be about 150 people, but it, I'm going to randomly every few days going to release 10 more names, and it's going to kind of evolve as it goes. So it's not necessarily going to be chronological, so the names will be random, and they'll kind of be all over the place on the board. But you'll see it just kind of grow and piece by piece kind of grow for you know 10 weeks or so, that sort of thing. So that should be fun. Uh, we'll definitely. St- I'll be starting out my mock drafts that I do with Chase. Probably posts. I think we we overdid it with the mock drafts last year, so we're probably going to wait till like March or April to start <laughs> them this year. <laughs> I was doing so many last year; it was just over. It was madness. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we got all mock draft mocked out last year. 
Um, yeah, so no, but it's good. We oh man, there's just so much going on. Like I can't even keep up with it. To be perfectly honest, we got so many writers that are throwing stuff up. So uh, no, but it's it's good stuff. And um, for the Raider fans out there, man, that's that's all we talk about. And you can always find us on Twitter as well. Uh, all of us on the JBB staff. So look us up. Yeah, it's like anything. I like listening to other shows, other podcasts, finding out more about the whole league in general, but then I do like to just head up my certain Packers podcast, certain Packers sites, and just find out all the information, and that's kind of what JustBlogBaby.com does for the Raiders fans, so any Raiders fans out there, be sure and check that out, and of course, you can find Rory on Twitter, it's at Holistic underscore Pickle, and uh, give him a follow on Twitter too while you're at it. Thanks, uh, Rory, for coming on the show. Hey, no problem, and uh, I'll be back anytime, and for those looking for the JBB podcast, it's been down for a little bit, we're having scheduling issues. But as soon as uh, we can get myself and Chase get back on track, we'll get it up and we'll get to working on more. But uh, thanks for inviting me on the show, man. It's been a long time, and uh, whenever you need me, come look me up. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. So that was Rory, and uh, I really recommend going and following him. If you're an Oakland Raiders fan in particular, the guy knows a lot, a lot of stuff about the Raiders, really knows what's going on there, very close to the action, and uh, really good. Anytime I need any information on what's going on with the Raiders, I do like to check it out. I remember a few years ago when Terrell Pryor was there, Matt Flynn was uh, taken over from the Seattle Seahawks, and Terrell Pryor was uh, you know, a, a rookie at the time. Obviously, we haven't had great success for Terrell since, but he did have a few big plays that season. I'm reminded of a run, I think it was a 92-yard touchdown run against the Steelers, but he was talking him up all the way back in training camp so that was a very interesting you know thing and it obviously developed into him starting ahead of Matt Flynn and Matt Flynn now obviously back with the Green Bay Packers so he is very in, in tune there with what's going on with the Oakland Raiders so do give him a follow on Twitter as I mentioned at holistic underscore pickle say so to the start of the show too really just in a quick in and out here for the Oakland Raiders and uh, we're going to be back with the San Diego Chargers recap Sunday or Monday and uh, I'll have all the news from the Combine and so on and so forth on that show and more news obviously about what's going on with the Chargers and Raiders possibly hooking up with the stadium in LA so all that there to look forward to that'll be coming out probably Sunday night uh, maybe Monday morning so stay tuned to the Ad Overtime Art on Twitter feed first time listening to the show please hit the subscribe button long time listener thank you again for your continued support rate subscribe whatever you want to do on iTunes and Stitcher keep spreading the word and uh as we always say, it's people like you listening, spreading the word on social media. You might think it doesn't matter. Give us a tweet, uh, spread the word off Overtime Ireland, help us grow each and every week. So, as always, thanks for listening. I'm Colm, and I'll be back later in the week with another show. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.